You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Andy Nimmer. She is the creator of Room Tags. It's a, the hallway sign company. What's amazing about Room Tags is that it is a sign that can be seen from either direction, so it can be easily updated in less than a minute at any time. Andy, welcome to What Works Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So Room Tags. So my, I'm going by my notes here. You, be, you were a teacher for 20 years, and then Room Tags. You launched this thing, and you win, and you, you, you go to Fast Pitch. It's a competition here in town, and you walk away with now applying for Shark Tank? Well, Fast Pitch led into the opportunity to be a part of a small business um, competition. It was put on through Rock Valley yeah. College and what, uh, Enactus. And they had a Shark Tank competition where you basically just give your pitch of your business, and I won. Yeah. And the NBC called me and asked if they could interview me and they urged me to turn in an application and send in a video that's awesome thank you and so you did that and now you wait because i we've been through the shark tank thing before with another client and then there's there's a lot of people that go into that and then they kind of defer to other seasons and it can go on it didn't materialize but that's okay yeah because it was really early on and i still have i've learned so much since then mm -hmm. And it's a possibility I may reconsider reapplying in in you know within the next year or two. And well, you you've you've been in in business for now how many years? I've completed four years. I'm working on my fifth. That's awesome. Well, let's take a step back. So you're a teacher for twenty years. Why? What need did you see? Why room tags? Well, our school had flat mounted nameplates above each door. Where, where, were, where were you teaching at the time? Rockton Grade School. Rockton Grade, okay. And ah, that's also yeah. where I started first right. grade. So I went there my whole career of school and then went back to teach. Is so, there, do you, did they have the statue of you yet? No? Okay. Haha. <laughs> -ha. So they ha we had these flat-mounted nameplates, mm -hmm. and even though every room was labeled, <clears throat> we still had customer or not customers, <laughs> parents <laughs> yeah. coming into the classroom asking for directions or students would end right. up in my classroom thinking it was their classroom yep. without really paying much attention and then being horrified. So I tried to think of something that would be easier for people to see. Yeah. So I thought double-sided and if we're, we need to make them larger yep. and I'd like to make it bright and cheerful. And so I thought we would make it a school theme and I made a big chalkboard and I put duct tape on it, hot glued some foam letters. It was the yeah. real craft version. Right. But they were they served the purpose. Yeah. The school got a lot of compliments on them. People asked where they came from. Did other teachers want you to make them for them? Oh well, I made one for every teacher. Yeah. Oh, did you really? Yes. Wow. That's and did a lot you find that the the students who are who are going to classes in error or the per, the the uh, you know the the parents wandering around a school. I've been one of those parents, you know, wandering around. Where, where am I? Where am I looking for? Did you find the incidence of all that was then went down? Absolutely. Yeah. And, th and then anytime I went to any other school that didn't have signs, <laughs> there'd be class lists, there'd be cute little hand or um, like homemade signs. And to look for them, it just was not, it, it puts you a little bit on edge because you felt lost yeah. throughout the entire walk. Because you're, you're comparing this, I think the term you use is flat mount signs. Yes. So, uh, 
in in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong here, a flat mount sign is it's it sticks to the wall, yes. and so I have to be right in front of it. And by that time, you don't need the help anymore. Yeah. So now I'm wandering down the hallway looking for the sign that I can't yet see because you know there's other things in front of it, and I'm off I'm off on the side, and so I've now passed you know fifty percent of the rooms before I show up at the. <laughs> The room I'm looking for. And with my signs, you yeah. can see them without even going down the hallway. So really? if there were an emergency, you'd know right where to go. Or if you're a parent, you can say, oh, that's where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. A substitute. You have a special guest, grandparents' day for, or a babysitter that doesn't usually pick the kids up. It just makes it a lot easier for everybody in the community and makes them feel more comfortable. Absolutely. And it, the, it, to me, the, the irony that stands out here is schools, which are make, supposed to make confusing things uh, more understandable, have a confusing method of <laughs> finding where to go. Yeah, and now they don't. Now they've got this opportunity to make to make finding what you need accessible and understandable. Absolutely. So room tags. It's you. You said you're going into your fifth year. Is that yes. true? Yeah. Okay. So you're going into your fifth year, and you're you're selling to twenty eight states, something like that. 46. 46 states now. Wow. This story that I handed you in 2015. Well, okay, so let's go back. How did you develop the product, and what was your first sale? How'd that work? When I made the ones for Rockton grade school, I wanted something better than poster boards, something more durable, something that wouldn't fade. I went to a local print company and said, what do you have? And explained to him what I was working on. He sold me just plain PVC, and then I dressed it up. But after... The budget cuts at my school, and I was, wasn't was sure whether to continue in teaching or to kind of hang it up and, and go a different direction. My husband, every summer since making those signs, has said, you need to make a business and sell your signs in the summer. And I thought, you know, I worked my ass off all year long. I'm <laughs> That's not what I want to do in the summer. This is my downtime. I'm going to enjoy. So I never pursued that. But this was my opportunity. And yeah. I decided to go for it, but in order to do so, I needed to come up with something better than hot gluing letters because that's not something that I would want. That's not easy to update. So I went back to the print company that I was working with, explained to them, can we do, can we make these magnetic so we can use interchangeable magnetic lettering? And we tried, we tried magnetic paint that didn't work. We tried a few other things until we finally found the way to make a quality product that I was looking for. So it's just, was trial and error. That's awesome. So when you started the company, so now you got it, so now you got a product. Yes. And then you got to protect the product. I mean, did you, what did you copyright? Did you patent? I, the only thing that I have protected right now is the brand room tags. I went to a lawyer to talk about having it patented but that was very expensive. And oh, after yeah. losing at least ten grand. And after losing a job and trying to start up a business, those two the, the money just did not allow for it. And it is something that the Small Business Development Center is working with me right now to get it patent pending. So even if it's if it doesn't pass, at least it has mm-hmm. the patent pending to ward off any mm-hmm. any imitations. Okay, so you've taken those steps and now it's like, okay, you gotta sell. So how to you've been a teacher for 20 years. Yes. I, what does your husband do? He works for Common. So is he a salesman? Nope, he works on the power lines. Okay, so you had to go out and start selling. How yes. did you do that? Well, when I do something, I go all out and go big or go home. I 
borrowed $12,000 to put in a full-page ad in a PTO Today magazine. It was the buyer's guide. It's the magazine that PTOs all over the country. It went to like over 100,000 um, schools. And I wanted it to be big. And I, I kind of debuted room tags in that magazine. PTOs raise money for the schools. Mm -hmm. They want the funds to go towards something that's going to benefit the community. And I thought that was a good match and yeah. it would be very appealing. So they were my target market. And although they were interested and I did get 35 sales that first year, it was principals that also got that magazine that were making the orders. And so I started to kind of rethink my target market and I went to a principals conference and that's where I knew I, that's who I needed to work with because they knew right away, they saw the value right away mm -hmm. and they made, they pulled, they pulled the funds together to make the purchases. And so ever since then, that's who I've, who I've marketed to are the principals. So without doing that ad, I wouldn't have learned the principals were my target market <laughs> and it's, it's grown since then. And then any principal that has ordered my signs, if they moved to a different job, they right. call me right away. And, and so that the principals last about two years, really. Right. They do. They make a lot of trade. <laughs> they just bounce. And as yeah. soon as they get to their new school, they're like, I got to have them. <laughs> so so you, you have this, this um, you're, you're growing by referral. You have this like sales network yeah. of, of satisfied of customers, really. <laughs> exactly. Well, I feel I have customers that call so appreciative or email me with such great feedback saying that, our school is a better place because of you and just things, you know, really strong statements that What was the first school? Do you remember? Yes. Well, there was there was a small church that bought a few signs, but my first big order was in Dewey, Oklahoma. And the I I worked really hard putting <laughs> it together and I and I made sure everything was perfect. Yeah. And I got a call from the customer 3 weeks after I sent it and she said, "Where are my signs?" What? And then I was dumbfounded, and I said, well, I will check the tracking number. And I also called the per, the shipping company that I gave it to, and they told me, or found I found out that it burned up. The it burned whole, up? The, what happened? The UPS truck burned up. Oh, they no. had brake failure. No way. I was oh, no. It was over a $3,000 <laughs> order. And oh, gosh. And you like, hadn't been notified? And they didn't notify me. The UP the UPS, that's what I, I know. UPS faxed the the shipper <laughs> that wasn't UPS affiliated. They were just a shipping company. And and they he said he never got it. Oh. And so I never knew. So And you yeah. were, and that's how much product were you out? Your first big sale. You know, he asked me if I wanted insurance and, and that was the first time I had been asked that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably should. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you did. You insured the whole order. I did insure the whole order, nice. but they, but since it was there, it did get covered. But yeah, right. I only insured it for the materials, not the labor. So okay. there was a lot of labor that went into that. But that's okay. Yeah, and I, live and learn. You live and oh, learn. Oh man. So the the uh, the people in Dewey, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they got their they got their signs. They did get their signs, and they're happy. They're happy. Okay. Where's by the way? Where's Dewey, Oklahoma? I don't know. In, in Oklahoma, <laughs> I, didn't, I was no, going to ask you. Did nobody you ever does. go down and take a picture. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I believe it's in the top north east corner. That's where I'm envisioning it because 
every one of my first <laughs> customers has yielded other sales from neighboring schools. I haven't really had to advertise. So you like have a lock on the Oklahoma market, huh? <laughs> Oklahoma and New Jersey. Really? Like every <laughs> why? Why is that? Smallest state, but my biggest customer. So why? What's the what's what's the reason behind that? I think it's a smaller state. The towns are closer together, okay. and they see each other's things more. I'm not sure, but the word is around in New Jersey. I'm not. I don't know. Do you have That's a competitor? I have looked. I did my research when I first started, and my only competitor are the flat night flat mounted nameplates. Or there is a double-sided one, but they're really, they're just really plain and mm -hmm. they're like $45 and mine are so much more fun for a school environment that I can also do custom work where we put their mascot on it. And so I really do not have competitors and I want to keep it that way by keeping my prices low. So when I messaged you, I found you on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great, um, great thing to look at. And I messaged you, and I asked you how room tax is going, and you gave me kind of a breakdown. But you had an interesting saying that we've heard before. You're very busy working in your business, but not on your business. Can you explain that? Yes. My first year, I was just getting my feet wet. I had my business plan. I was all ready to go, but it was based on no experience. And I never looked back. I never looked at it again. I never reviewed it again or... Um, revised my goals and direction. And I did get help from the Small Business Development Center, but then their, the funding for that center was cut, and I was on my own. And so I thought my, my original vision, you know, I, I thought that article, or not the article, the ad that I placed, I thought, okay, if I get even 0.01% <laughs> of orders. Right. It would. It was like it was over a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm thinking, that's going to be easy. I just yeah, because who can't get point zero one percent? one percent. Yeah, of course. You know how Cause I think as an so entrepreneur, small. right? Yeah. I was trying to be very, very conservative, conservative with with my estimation. So you know, originally I thought I'm going to make so much money, yeah. and then after a while I thought, oh, this is more like a hobby. I put in my twenty years. I feel like I've retired, and this is more of a hobby, and I don't mind not being busy and over and over my head this is the life is good and so I just kind of enjoyed the ride for a while enjoyed my family a little bit more but things got busier and I would have to, my mom and my stepdad would help chip in and that got me by the next summer and then the next summer I had to hire a few more but then it became so busy that I did not get a chance to stop mm. and I was just basically surviving trying to keep up yeah. and I but I do, it's hard to hire help when funds are limited, mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. It's been four years, and I, when I found out that the Small Business Development Center and the Iger Lab resources were up and running again yeah. and being supported, I, I went to get help. And yeah. they have redirected, refocused, and rejuvenated my, my, my drive. And That's awesome. We're, we're going, we're, we're, this is a turning point for room tax, and you can, you can watch. You have been warned. <laughs> You'll see. I'm, we're going to be a success story, waiting to unfold. It's in the works. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the entrepreneurial journey, isn't it? That you exactly you start off, and then you go. It's if I could just, of course, I'll just get point zero zero one, right? <laughs> and you I just know. like do these numbers, which are meaningless because they're not based on anything other than what seems really small. Yes. So of course we could do it. 
yes. and call that like because we're conservative or something, but it's still based in nothing. And sure enough, nothing happens. Not at least not as much as we wanted to have happen. And then we kind of shift around and around and around. Do you find do you find that you love this entrepreneurial journey? I am in love with what I do. I love what I do and it doesn't feel like work except in the summertime. But it doesn't (laughs) I I love what I do. Every every element of it. But I do have to start have letting allowing other people to help me with that so that I can step back. Yeah. And one of the best um, pieces of advice that I received was you need to replace yourself. Okay. And to me, that meant get your company to a point where you can have other people, mm-hmm. you know, orchestrate the thing, you know, work on the things that that you can pay others to do and, yeah. and use my, my creativity, my um, inventiveness mm-hmm. and for working on the business mm-hmm. and not in the business. So... And now that you've now you've come to that point, you've had all of this, all of these years of experience, and the ups and downs. Yes. Now, now when you go to get that assistance, yes, you've you've got that drive to implement any changes that need to be made. Yes, working on the streamlining, making the ordering process from start to finish a lot more streamlined, mm-hmm. so that we can handle. I, I, I have held off on marketing because I don't want to be, I didn't want to be any busier because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything in place other than just me. But now that I have people in place, I can handle more um, sales. Yeah. Because for a while I was fine with, with I was content with, well, with the get, amount of- If you of, get a, an order for a million signs, it'll take you 47 years to fill it, right? <laughs> Unless you have <laughs> people to do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm- Thank, thanks to the Small Business Development Center, they are getting me back on track. And, you know, for a while I was like, well, I know I'm making money because just as an example or roundabout numbers, like my first year, I sold about $50,000 in sign. The next year, 80000 The next year, uh, 120 And then my fourth year, I ended with 180 So I knew the direction yeah, was up. headed in the right direction, but I still felt like I was financially challenged right and and working too hard and working, working, too, working hard. too hard for what's left at the end exactly yeah. so those are the challenges that we're working through so that we can still increase those numbers but um also figure out um how to get ahead well let's this is a typical entrepreneurial journey so let's talk about some of these lessons that you've learned as you look back in these handful of years which i'm sure have flown by and also it sometimes feel, felt like you know, worth, worth a lifetime. Uh, what are some of those, what are some of those, uh, lessons that have resonated with you now that you're like, oh man, now I really appreciate this. I wish I would have known that in year one. What I wish I would have done more of is networking, taking advantage of opportunities, saying yes more to, to opportunities like to, to be here, to, um, listen to somebody speak on, on their story and learn from each other to inspire each other, encourage each other, support each other. It just opens the door to, to some really great people and resources that you don't otherwise know are available. What was the roadblock for you? Why you didn't do more networking or take advantage of these more, more opportunities? I think I, when I was told that it was no longer funded as far as the Small Business Development mm-hmm. Center, I kind of stopped there. And I really didn't realize these kind of resources were out there, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And 
I, I ran into a friend of mine who was a networking queen, Linda Bressler, you know who you are, and she just knows everybody and has really hooked me up with the right people. For example, one thing when I started my business, I knew that I wanted to employ um, special needs or handicap um, community because it's a job. It's something that they would be able to do yeah. and would be able to help with. That would be good for their eye-hand coordination. And there were just, you know, that's some, I wanted to, I want my business to uh, to impact more than just my family. I would like it to impact others in the community. And this was one, and I learned about Learning Bridges. Okay. Wait, not Learning, is it? It used to be called uh, Growth Enterprises. Yes, you know? yes. And the it's something the bridge... Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. It's a great organization. It's over in Loves Park. Yes. Um, and there, there's, there's, these are located in several areas. Like yeah. we, we had a person on this podcast named E. Mark Malavolti, who does a product called Fresh to Go, and all it is is just you know putting a few products in a package and putting in a thing. So he goes to Rolling Hills, which is the similar organization out in Freeport. But it's great because these kind of organizations they live on products like yours. Yes. And so they're going to help me sort the magnetic lettering, put the hardware kits together, and I'm helping them and they're helping me. And it also helps me streamline mm-hmm. getting my orders ready because all I have to do is, uh, instead of count out every single piece of hardware, mm-hmm. all I got to do is grab a, one bag per sign and it makes my job so much easier. So you've got somebody now for basically um, to put it together. Yes. So that takes it off your plate. Yes. Right. How else have you have you are you in the process of pushing things off on other people or or have you been successful on some other stuff? I am in the process of. Okay. I've only been back in business like my my second wind uh, because I was really discouraged after tax season and so, <laughs> <laughs> because I was working so hard for for how much. Uh, the write-offs I had that I that yeah. I, I really felt like there was not very much left for somebody who's putting in you know fifty to sixty hour work weeks. Yeah. So that's where I started to rethink what I'm doing, and you need to when it's okay to fail, but you need to learn to ask for help too. So that's one thing I've learned is don't be afraid to ask for help, and it's okay not to know what to do, and to you know, to get to get help from somebody who's had experience, who can kind of guide and sometimes you. That's hard to ask, right? Oh, especially for someone like me, because I can handle everything. <laughs> I take it. I'm a very independent person. Well, you're a teacher for 20 years, so you're CEO of your classroom. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, it was hard for me to, to ask for help or to admit that I have failed. I know that I can do better. And so we're getting there. And it's exciting. <laughs> So what's this next year uh, look like for Room Takes? It's looking good. Uh, Bo Boger, mm-hmm. who is with the Rockford Chamber of Commerce and works with the Small Business Development mm-hmm. Center. He was one of our One Million Cups uh, presenters. He did a great job. Yes. He, he, it was a lot of fun that day. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He is working with me to... We're just tossing around a lot of different ideas. We're also getting working on maybe more competitive pricing. We are... Looking into, he, he, he threw out an idea that is kind of curious to me, so we're still exploring it, um, filing as a non-for-profit and for-profit. Hmm. 
because my signs offer a service to a community where you are connecting the community to the school and and making them safer for emergency situations. And I don't know that it will go that direction, but we're it got us it got us talking about grant money and maybe looking to see if there would be grant funders mm-hmm. that would purchase the signs for a school mm-hmm. in a way to help them connect with the community. That's so that's our cell phone. <laughs> we typically turn off <laughs> cell phones in our podcast. And, and it was turned off. But that must be an important call. No. It powered through the off button. <laughs> I just turned off the phone. Sorry about that. That's no big deal. Yeah, we were Yeah, so this is an interesting thing. Before the podcast, we were talking with you Andy and and you're concerned. You know, you're like, it's my first time on a podcast. I'm very concerned about this. You're getting all worried. And then we were like, you know, we turn off our cell phones and then we're not going to hit the table and all those other things. And we're going to take a selfie. And, and you, you said it. You're like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And I, I messed it up. I so messed this, it up. This is, so that's the double-edged sword of being a perfectionist. One, it drives us. It drives a perfectionist, I've, I've found. And, and you're, you're the perfectionist here. So you can tell me if I'm, if I'm right. It drives you forward to make your product or your service the absolute best it can be mm-hmm. in yes. your mind, whatever that is, right? Yes. And yet, it can also prevent you from moving forward. It does. When It'll... good enough is good enough. Exactly. It'll paralyze you when... I if, if I waited until I was ready, I would never be ready to move forward because I would sit there and try to make it perfect. So... You just have to keep move. You have instead of focusing on perfection, you need to focus on yeah. progress, and that's what I'm trying to absorb. That concept. This is. I don't look at how far I need to go. Just keep headed. Keep going. Moving forward. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so profound. <laughs> it is. It is. It's. I mean, it's probably one of those lessons that if you'd known that you know, five years ago. And, and what an amazing time then to have been on this entrepreneurial journey to come to that, to, to have those experiences and then come, come to that conclusion where I'm sure it's now kind of just settling into you. If you're going to get what you want to get, you're going to have to settle into this. Yeah. We're not going to have, we're not going to achieve perfection today, but we're going to be better than we were yesterday. Yes. And that's my main goal every day. And I am, I'm overwhelmed if I stop and think about it, but I'm, I, I I try not to worry about it because I I know that we're making progress and that's that's where the focus needs to be if I'm going to be productive and motivated in moving forward. That's awesome. Well, how can a listener learn more about Room Tags if they're interested? They can either go to our Room Room Tags Facebook page or our Room Tags website, which needs to be updated. And you have to spell, <laughs> spell Room Tags. It's not with an S. Very good. Uh-huh. It's R O O M T A G Z. Dot com. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Andy, it's been a pleasure talking with you on the What Works podcast. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>